This is an Ace Radio podcast. Welcome to the Women of Influence special series, 100 Women in 100 Days, celebrating strong, resilient women from all walks of life. Here's Kate with today's episode. Hey, Bree, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Kate. It's an absolute pleasure to be here talking with you today. You know, Hawkeye listeners would have just heard you just giggle before we kick off because I was saying, all right, here's the awkward bit where we just say hello and we get that part out of the way. There is not one person that I have encountered in preparing for your interview, Bree, that hasn't said she is the most positive person that you will ever encounter. She has always got this big smile on her face and her outlook on life is just so positive. People are attracted to this. Is that how you do you make a choice to be this like excitable? <laughs> is this a daily decision? Oh, look, Kate, I think we all have decisions every day and um, I'm a lover of life. I love what I do every single day and, you know, that. Like, I guess that just expresses in my energy. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think it's a choice f- for me. I think it's a choice and we've had other women that we've featured on the podcast and, and, and something that is definitely a bit of a tapestry that's winding itself the way through is decisions about how you can navigate the world. You can choose to look at what has happened and go down one road or look at what has happened and go down a completely different other. That would be true to you as well. 100%. Yeah. And I, I definitely, like I said, I have a choice every day to show up to be the person I want to be. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, like I've definitely had those days where it's just like, yep, no, nah, not today. Like, <laughs> and that's okay. And um, I do want to, I do want to be able to share that with people and know that I'm not always up and about, like as much as I do project it quite a lot. Um, yeah, I have days where I just isolate and just do the healing myself and I guess re-energize. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we do definitely all have choices at the end of the day, but you know, it's not all, all positivity all the time here. Yeah. Hey, how special is your, do you call her Nana or Gran? (laughs) Nan, yeah, she is my hero, my light, everything. I love her to absolute pieces, which she, I don't think she gets nearly enough credit for it, but (laughs) for being my, being my hero. But yeah, she's very, very special to me. Do you want to explain about why she's your hero? And the reason I ask is because we can all say that we have the best grandmother in the world, but yours is something special, almost like an angel. Oh, an angel for sure. She is like the strongest human I actually know, like such an, like a warrior. She, I don't know how she does it. She, she's the person I do look up to. Like every time I'm with her now, even like I go home and I'm spending time with her everywhere she goes, she's such a light, even if it's talking to the person at the cash register at the supermarket. Like She leaves her trademark wherever she goes. Um, and she's been a massive influence in my life. Um, and someone I strive strive to be like and have the strength as well, like her. How old were you, Bree, when you started to live with with Nan? 
Yeah, so Nan and Pa both took my sister and I under their wing when I was nearly four, so I was quite young. Um, and you know what, like through all the adversity that we've all, you know, faced in life, that being taken into her care at such a young age was a blessing. Like I'm so grateful and that'll be the biggest gift that, you know, life would ever give me was being being looked after my Nan and Pa. Yeah, some people are pretty special they step up when when the call comes yeah do you feel like sharing with us today about why it is what happened that uh, led to you and your beautiful sister living with nan and pa yeah so um like a lot of listeners probably in the southwest know that we did experience a massive tragedy in our family um, when we were both my sister and i quite young um which was absolutely heartbreaking for the family like you could imagine um but it also affected so many family the death of both of my parents um which you know 19 years on we're still doing the healing we're still doing all that work i told myself i would not get upset about it but yeah it's very tough it is and we it's a privilege to sit with you, Brie, because these are stories so personal to you. Yeah. Would you like me to help a little bit here or? Yeah, <laughs> most definitely, Kate. You can definitely step in. But, yeah, I, like most people know the story in the southwest, but you're more than welcome to take over. So mum and dad were together and they had a rough relationship. They did have a very rough relationship to what I've been told. I mean, um, quite young. I don't have that many memories of it. I do I do have a couple. Um, but, yeah, like what I've been told about their relationship was, I guess, not the healthiest, but also like it, I'm trying to look at the side where they both impacted so many people's lives for the better, whether that was mum playing netball and just being the light that she was at work or if that was dad on the footy field um, or in the shearing shed, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And we will keep mentioning healing. This is a healing process still um, for yourself and International Women's Day being yesterday, we featured Kate uh, Fitzgibbon. And it's an amazing podcast. I love that. She she was, and she really helped us all in terms of talk about domestic violence and how we can be better as a government and as a community and say that one in one woman a week is losing her life to domestic violence. And in your case, you're the daughter of a product of this. Yeah, I am. And it's something, you know, I haven't been able to step into yet. I mean, there's been um, avenues there where I could, like my godmother working at the Orange Door Theory, making a huge positive impact. Um, So seeing that and knowing that there's, there's avenues where we can make a change in this and getting those statistics down, because that's appalling honestly to still have those those patterns reoccurring so um voicing it and making more awareness of domestic violence with when it comes to women is um yeah needs to be spoken about more so brie what do you know 
of the night that your father took your mother's life and then his? Mm, um, look, that's probably probably a very touchy subject because mm. um, I do... I do recall some of it, but again, I kind of blanked out quite a lot. And that's the healing process that I'm going through to push that, I guess, grieving and whatnot through, if that makes sense. Like, um, but yeah, it was a pretty terrifying time as a young young kids and I think you pick up more emotions than you do memories and that sort of thing so um look I probably blanked a lot away from the the memories but I I just remember the heartache and um seeing so many family just broke like that's what I remember yeah so that was a tough one (laughs) but yeah um just a lot of heartache and a lot of um anger would be the right word I think to describe that night that is a lot to process as an adult Brie and a bucket load more to process as a four-year-old and I think you just You could not have said that better in terms of we look at our little children in the world. They might not understand the words or the actions, but their feeling, the feeling is attached to the memory more than anything. That's it. And I think to sit with your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions 19 years later or even longer than that of something that has, you know, defined quite a significant area of your life um, takes a lot and you know, it's so easy to suppress our emotions and our feelings and, you know, get on with life. But, you know, that those feelings are going to continue coming up until you deal with them. So, um, yeah, and I have <laughs> two spiritual teachers um, who are mentors that, yeah, I could not speak more highly enough um, that have helped me get through it. But at a young age, like, um, we did have a lot of counselling and that sort of that sort of thing to help but you know it's not until later in life we choose our own paths of what healing we need to push through and you know share our story like I suppose I'm doing today. And it is so brave of you and I and I cannot thank you enough because this is what we're seeing isn't it we're seeing these stories in the news and they're more than stories these are women these are children that the impact is so far reaching. So I, I thank you because it is a privilege. How old was your sister too, Brie? Is she younger than you or older than you? Um, Nikki's actually older than me. She's 22 months older than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she obviously remembers a lot more. And um, yeah, she was, I think she was more of a daddy's little girl <laughs> than anything. Um, from what I can remember, always going to his football and hanging out a lot. So, yeah, she was a bit older. Yeah. You talked about just a moment ago defining you, moments that can define you in life, and we addressed early that you are the most positive, infectious person to be around and that it is a choice to be that. Growing up in a small rural area and having that understanding that many people would know, and I will say versions of the truth, No one will ever know 
what exactly happened except for the people that were there in that moment. But did you find growing up in a small rural area that it that it was defining or you needed to write your own path? Uh, it, yeah, 100%. It came down to writing your own path. I mean, early on, and I remember like being in events, like it's like, oh, that's the girls, like the girls, like that's like nearly what our title was. And that yeah, that was a very, very defining moment. And I was like, I'm not going to be known as the girls. Like, no, we're going to be known for a whole new reason. And if that is taking the part, a completely different path um, of, you know, rewriting our story, then that's something that we're going to take. But again, I don't, as much as Nan and Pa like gave us every opportunity under the sun, they never allowed us to play victims. Like we, that was not what we were going to grow up being defined as that life. So um yeah, I guess we took every opportunity that we could and made it our own, whether that was, you know, in the sporting field, at school, like all of that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, growing up, you know, my sister was the the role model, so I was always striving to be just as good as her. Um, so I think, yeah, that obviously had another positive impact on our lives that we just didn't want to be known to be the girls. <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, Brie, I didn't know this part of your story until just recently. So for me, I met you at the races. I think you were the the face of the Mortlake races, you know, the horse track or whatever. And I was like, who is this young businesswoman smashing it out in the fitness industry and being such an incredible entrepreneur? So, um, I mean... (sighs) People don't have to know the full story about you, but it just does make up part of who you are and the choices that you've made. And again, I just say, you know, like, thank you, Brie, because um, like what Nana and Pa have done, that's then your message. That's part of what you're here to do now, isn't it, really? It is. And you know what? It's, the. I guess, the best feeling is knowing because I've moved up to Queensland and, you know, again, could rewrite my my story. Um, and there's still people up here today that would have absolutely no idea. And it's not something that I project unless they've asked about family or whatnot. And I'll, yeah, I'm happily open to it, but it's not something that I go around sharing because I don't want to be known as someone that's wants the sympathy or, you know, so, um, yeah, but if it's going to start shining light on people opening up, sharing their stories and being vulnerable, um, I'm all for it. And I guess that's why I have commu- I have created the community and a safe environment in, at Indie Active for women to feel vulnerable, know that they can speak up if they've got an issue going on or whatever it is, like health, fitness, anything. <laughs> Were you always fit or was this something that you got into? Tell me about how good it is to be fit. Because currently I've still got a bit of lag going on from the old COVID <laughs> cupcakes. Oh, okay, <laughs> don't get too hard on yourself. I feel like everyone's been in that bubble at some point. But um, I was always an active kid. Like always like, played any sport under the sun. Um and that did lead me into my passion with netball. Um, so then that again led me to Queensland. Um, but yeah, during all that, I met some phenomenal coaches, some players, women. Um, so I was always around a lot of 
empowered people, I suppose you could say. So, um, well, it does come down to that energy thing, doesn't it, as well? Like the energy you give is what you get back. So, yeah, I feel um, like being around influential people um, coming through the ranks of netball and then even after my ACL um, and being in that mentality of, again, a choice of if you want to play victim, you can, or you can get on with it and deal with it, you know, sit with your emotions and carry on. Um, so, yeah, that kind of went down a little road path there. But, <laughs> yeah, again, it's all about the people you're around, I think. What makes Indie Active different from other, say, women's fitness uh, courses or programs that you could choose to do? I love this question so much. And we just had a team meeting yesterday, myself and my coaches. And, you know, I'm about about exploring the fitness industry, find others that are doing the same, uplift them because there's so many people that need help. And I think that's what does separate us from other other online programs or programs because they like coaches think that there's not enough people that need help. There is so many people that need help. If we all come together and you know spread spread our messages and uplift others, then you know it would be a completely different story within say the fitness industry or women's health. Um, but to be quite honest, when we were in his team meeting, I was like, I'm struggling to find a coach that does what we do and does it as well as us. Like we don't just you know get the results for women when it comes to their fat loss or just wanting to get fitter. It's like, it's the overall package. Like you get everything, the lifestyle habits, um, the mindset tips and all that sort of thing. It makes a huge impact, which creates the sustainable results um, that all our women have achieved. <laughs> Look at you. You start speaking about this and you literally light up. It is strength. It is resilience. It is a passion a passion there if women are feeling a bit how when people first contact you are they at their worst or their lowest or are they They you're like help me help me yes they are they're very I I don't like to say the word desperate but they know they need the help and they will do what it does like what they can to get the help so the women that are willing to invest in their health and fitness and see the value in it won't won't even shy away from the opportunity. They'll bounce at it and know that they're going to come out the other end. But it's so rewarding and exciting as a coach when a woman does approach us like that. And, you know, we don't we don't want to go out and like, you know, this is going to be a game changer and a life changer for you. But it's more of like a, uh, I cannot wait to it, like say week six. Um, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing all these amazing changes. And it's just like, you just want to say, I told you <laughs> at the start, but you know, you've got to hold back and, you know, feel their emotions with them. And it's a, it's, it's hard for women to step outside their comfort zone and ask for help. Yeah. It honestly is. Why go to Queensland, Brie? Like, why not do this closer to home? Why not Queensland? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> love it. I love the lifestyle up here. I fell in love when I came up here just a few years after school um, and, yeah, started Indie Active. Like, it was such a journey, met so many amazing people, 
but then Indie Active did take off and I needed that support from family and friends. So I did end up going back home for a little bit there, but then COVID hit and I was, you know, transferred all of my um, clients that were in the gym working with me to online. So I took, you know, action of that opportunity, put everyone online, stayed in Melbourne for a bit and was like, what am I doing? Like, I may as well do this in Queensland. <laughs> I'm all online and I'm loving it. My um, girls are all doing, or some of them are doing FaceTime sessions with me. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something that I'll um, I'll do is like go back home and um, see the family, like see Nan, mm-hmm. <laughs> my uncle, of course. Um, but I just think, you know, the world, like we we create our own lives at the end of the day. And if Queensland, what makes me happy, then I know that I'm going to benefit, my business is going to benefit, my relationships are going to benefit from, you know, me being happy. So yeah, Queensland is home and what sets my soul on fire. I love that. I love it. And I, I, I'm curious too, though, is this part of being able to write your own chapter now too so if southwest is attached to maybe a story you know queensland is attached to your future yeah you could definitely say that um yeah and i like to be honest i don't think queensland's going to be my only destination like oh i don't think so either (laughs) you're too worldly (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like our indie active retreats are going to be all over the place so i'm looking forward to that but yeah, I think every every location and every um, everything like that has has a story backed with it. So, um, yeah, I don't like to think of the southwest as that defining. Like that was a massive learning for me. That was that was a teaching that location. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you ever sat down with Nana and Pa to say thank you or oh my goodness, you know this is yeah, to talk to them like that? Um, look, to be quite honest, it wasn't something we spoke about a lot growing up. Um, as you can imagine, absolutely heartbreaking for Nan to have lost her daughter in such a tragedy. So in a way, it was us respecting her healing and her boundaries. But, you know, over the last couple of years, you could definitely say that Nan and I have had those more deep, 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 deep and full, wow, more in-depth conversations about it and knowing it's okay to be vulnerable with one another because we are doing the healing. Um, but it's it's something I definitely appreciate a lot more now that I'm older to be able to speak to her about it and know how she's feeling and what she's been through. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, um, I keep thinking about to take on two young children after you've raised a family and to go again and I'm a big thank you per you know well I'm a big thank you you know so um send the thank you just always grateful for different things but this is yeah next level so I'm wondering about you know words mm. you know to sit down and you know yeah have you said Nana thank you thank you Nana mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and gratitude is one of my my one of my values I suppose you could say as a person and um yeah she has not gotten nearly enough credit from me personally like she deserves an island that woman but I know that (laughs) she would happily just like to sit with us girls in her presence you know like um but yeah she does deserve a lot more um appreciation for what she's done we've certainly kept her on her toes (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, and no. yeah, I mean, now would probably be that perfect time to get her up here a little bit more, get her in the sunshine. Um, and my auntie's up here as well in Queensland. So that's my next mission is to try and get her up here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a little bit of a rest and uh, enjoy some of that heat. Hey, exactly. so when will we, When what, what are your plans then for your retreats and things like that? Because I remember... Would I have seen one to Bali or something like that and thinking, oh, now that looks like. So we wake up, we go for a surf, we do some yoga, we do some boxing on the beach. Heaven in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so are you yeah, just so... adapting and, okay, where can we do this in Australia? What can we, what does this look like? Yeah. Exactly. And what better place to do it than Airlie Beach to take over Bali? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I know. Just like who wouldn't want to do health and fitness? Like, and well, I suppose it's not all just health and fitness. Like, no. it's, we're not, you know, complete, complete lovers for just straight 180 health and fitness. Like, we're going to have a combination of lifestyle factors like happy hour massages downtime some dnms about you know the things in life that have challenged us and that sort of thing which i think is going to bring a lot more women especially within the indie active tribe to come together and and share their stories like, i'm so passionate about that um but yeah like we did have we were a bit ambitious to begin with we had three barley retreats planned for 2020 yeah <laughs> um which yeah they were looking quite promising and then COVID hit and we were like all right we just gotta change it up a little bit see what we can do and yeah the next best thing was early beach so try and get the Australian tourism up and going yeah (laughs) and gotta say was pretty excited when I saw that happy hour was included I just thought oh no this is a really balanced you know, if you're going to have a holiday that's based around health and fitness and, and getting yourself sorted, it's also about, you know, how you let your hair down and how you relax. And <laughs> Hey, it's not your alley. I think yeah. you should make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, it ticks, ticks many, many boxes of mine. Hey, Wonderful. I am curious, you know, this is one of those times when we have spoken about domestic violence with you and we've and we've gone around it. How is it for you? When you're seeing, I mean, you've, I'm honoured that you've sat down to talk to me about it today. What's it feeling like for you when you're seeing so many reports in the news right now? We've got women in parliament that are speaking out. We've got women that went to private schools that are now speaking out. Um, Are you somewhere at the beginning of this journey for you in terms of sharing this, this part of your life? Yeah, oh, 100%. This is definitely like the first, I guess, exposure I've given it. Um, but hearing the like latest head news, uh, headlines and stuff in the news about this, it's like still, why is this, why? Why is this still, you know, an imp- like impacting so much? Um, but again, it's something that does need to be spoken about more um, and given more awareness around and... Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a hot topic at the moment, isn't it? Um, and hard to, I don't know, it's so hard, just hard to comprehend. And it's like, what do we need to be doing more of that, you know, we're not getting those results. Like it's still so many years on, we are still got the same statistics. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's when I say thank you for 
for being brave and for sharing because it is bloody hard and it's it's hard to even ask you about it. it feels like we're I'm pushing you for the story but the we're trying to just if you start talking someone else might start talking and then yeah. you know like isn't this is this what we're trying to achieve as a community like so yeah we've got to I stop something to, yeah you've got to give credit to the women that are speaking up because i couldn't imagine how daunting it could be for so many women to not speak about it and what they're going through so even if it is just a conversation with a friend asking how they are like you have no idea where it could go you're just the smallest of how are you doing like and but you know you know i guess more of a um, private matter <laughs> yeah yeah we're going we're going pretty public here but we um yeah we're just so grateful, Brie, and so filled with, you know, like we need to get moving today and we need to we need to choose. We need to yeah, choose the path yeah. that we take, yeah? It honestly is. It comes you've always got two choices um in life. You can let defining moments define who you are, or you can do the work, do the healing, sit with them and not play victim of, of your past and share your stories with other people that are, are going to be inspired to reach out and talk. Bree, you are a woman of influence. Thank you for being one of our 100. And more than anything, thank you as we both navigated talking about something that is so deeply personal to you and your family and um, and your incredible grandparents and extended family that um, stepped up and, and raised this incredible woman that is in front yes. of me today. Thank you so much, Kate, for having me. It's been such an honour and a pleasure. And, yeah, like I said, if me sharing my story is going to help one woman um, reach out for help or seek that guidance that she needs, then... Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot happier and fulfilled. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Loved the episode? Like and review us on your favourite podcast app and share with your friends on social media. Want to nominate? That's great. Hit us up with your nomination at aceradio.com.au and don't forget to join us in the Women of Influence Facebook group for all the behind-the-scenes action. Oh, 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 oh,